Good morning. This is Mulligans and Hackers Golf uh, podcast episode one. My name is Chris. And I'm Alvin. And we should be golfing today uh, as we were yesterday in the 20 degree weather. However, if you look outside, there's some of that white stuff falling from the sky. So what better day than to uh, make our inaugural podcast? So Alvin, um, how was your golf game yesterday? Mediocre at best. Although I did get a couple circles on my scorecard yesterday, a birdie and an eagle on number eight. The first eagle ever, right? Yep, ever. That's that's pretty impressive. You had a drive that was just on the edge of the green, and you brought out your, your least favorite uh, club in your bag, and you drained a nice long putt. I did, and uh, it felt really good, too, to get that first eagle. To get my first birdie of the year was good, too, a couple holes before that. But I did uh, I did spray a triple in between those two circles there. As is the case for, for most of us amateurs out there. Um, my card was... A little different. I had seven pars yesterday and uh, a lot of inconsistencies on the other 11 holes. But overall, it wasn't too bad. I mean, we're early in the season and uh, we're out here trying to have fun and trying to get prepared for uh, our upcoming inaugural Mulligans and Hackers uh, golf season. Yeah, yeah. Why did we start that? Well, uh, I seem to remember that uh, you came to me with an idea um about possibly putting together a podcast or a group of guys uh who enjoy enjoy uh playing golf just as much as we do uh who love going out every weekend and you know getting our hacks in and taking our mulligans and uh just just having a great time so i think we should go back because this kind of started last year when we you and i both played a lot more golf than we normally do and we did it together and um, we had some really good, really good times out there last year. And I think towards the end of the year, we had both decided that we were going to get memberships this year, which first time for me having a membership. First time for me as well. Uh, and uh, our home course is Cottonwood Cooley Golf Course. Um, fits right into our hacker range. Yeah, it's Noth- a little, nothing, little... nothing too outrageous. Uh, and uh, so then when we had our memberships, uh, I'm kind of a competitive guy, though people might not know that, but... I always like to have something inside the game for for our, me and my friends to play. So I kind of thought, well, why don't we do something like like the PGA, do a FedEx Cup Tour point type system, and uh, that'd be kind of fun. But the idea for Mulligans and Hackers, I guess, was I gave I came to you with the idea, and uh, you were kind of like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then we approached another friend of ours, Isaac, to get involved with it as well. He's more of a tech guy. He's not here with us, but uh, then we kind of started going from there we got our memberships and it's like okay how do we get this going and uh i guess first thing we did was pick the logo yeah yeah we picked a logo uh isaac came up and and designed one for us and we we had a few uh, choices and and i guess that was the first we started whittling down the pictures and what we wanted to do to put what would look good on a shirt or a hat and what we would look what would look good just for fun and that's this is what we got down to was the picture that you see on our Facebook page, and eventually you'll see on some merchandise that we get going. Absolutely, I, we we got a got a few things in the works. We got some uh, some golf shirts and, and a few hats that we're working on. Um, we'll see how that goes. I mean, we'll get those out to uh, some friends and family and close people that we know that that are interested. Um, and then, uh, if the interest is there, we'll start getting a few a few more out. Um, a little bit about our home course, Cottonwood. Um, it's, it's a par 66 set in the Valley. Uh, it's an executive course. 
Uh, beautiful course with some tough greens. Uh, it, I mean, yesterday on the par five, par five green was oof. an absolute nightmare. Yesterday. It's, it's a green that it's everything slopes to the front and the, where the pin placement was, if you hit it just a little too hard on your putt, you run right off the green. I think we had four of us out there yesterday. And I think, did we all triple bogey that one? We all tripled bogey. It was, uh, it was not a great, uh, not a great showing on that <laughs> hole. Um, that's the lone par five on the course. Um, there is... I believe seven par threes, uh, and then there's uh, ten par fours. So it's a it's a fun little course where you don't have to overpower the ball to get it to the greens. But when you do get to the greens, you got to make some good putts if you want to score well. Um, I uh, I love playing that course. I mean, we have five six other courses in town that we like to get out to every now and again. But Cottonwoods are a home course, and uh, most weekends you'll find us out there. So. What got you into the game of golf, Alvin? Well, I've had a love-hate relationship with the sport since I first picked up a club. Uh, probably about 25 years ago on my way from Newfoundland to here. First time I actually played a course was in Manitoba. And uh, we only got a few holes in because we were making our way out here to Alberta at the time. And uh, I was like, yeah, I think I could play this game. And then when I got here and started to get involved in the game, I found out really quick that I wasn't good at the game. I would just play it with friends and family every now and then as a, just a day out. But as my other sports started to dwindle, like playing hockey, softball, uh, my interest in golf started to go up. So I wanted to play more and I wanted to get better. But it was never really, I never really got involved with learning the game until pretty much last year when we spent more time at the range than we did on the golf course. Yeah. And, uh, watching videos, taking it out to the course, trying things out, and, and with a good crew and a good good bunch of friends to go out repeatedly going out to the golf course, it makes learning the game a little bit better and a lot more fun. That's really where all this came from, was good friends and going out and playing golf and enjoying the company you're with and enjoying the, the course that you're on. Absolutely. And I mean, being living in southern Alberta where we live, um, in one of the sunniest cities in Canada, I mean... Except for today. Yeah, uh, except for today, of course. Um, we, we have the opportunity to golf half the year. Usually we get a good six month golf season, uh, where we can put lots of work in, get lots of rounds in. I mean, last year, um, I, even with the COVID short, COVID shortened season, I was able to get in darn near a hundred rounds. I was traveling, traveling around to Calgary, playing with my dad. I played most of the courses here in town. We were out just about every weekend. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a game that. You know, it, it really is a love-hate relationship because some days you go out there and you, you hit the ball real well, things are working, uh, and then other days you go out there and it's, you know, you can't replicate what you did yesterday. It's it's a struggle It's sometimes. a game you'll never perfect, but you can keep getting better at if you play it. Absolutely. Um, I, I got into the game of golf just the, probably the last three or four years. Uh, I played the odd time when I was a little bit younger for different wind-ups for sports and stuff. Um, I've, I've always been a fairly athletic guy, and I've always had an interest in sports that are challenging. Um, so now that, you know, when I found some friends that enjoyed golf um, and share, shared an interest in it. And competitive. Uh, we're we're, we're yeah, competitive. Yeah, we are very competitive. We're competitive with each other because our games are pretty similar. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's It's true um it's you're a more you're a more consistent ball striker kind of guy you you usually your card's not as up and down as it was yesterday you're fairly consistent along 
Um, I might drive the ball a little bit further, but where, where you make up your strokes is generally closer to the green. You're a little bit better with your touch. Um, and typically up until this year, anyways, I've been a better putter, but that's, that doesn't seem to be the case so far this season. Your putter seems to have come alive for you. Well, my putter is better this year and you picked up a new one. So you're going to have to dial that baby in. Yeah. I, I, uh, I got a, a, a new putter along with, uh, a new custom set of irons this year. Um, I decided since we're taking golf seriously and, you know, getting, getting our first memberships and whatnot, um, I went and seen, Local guy, Bob Saylor, been club fitting here in Medicine Hat for uh, 25 years. Um, so I, I called him up and I went and I did a club fitting and he fitted me for some uh, Mizuno irons, some uh, JP920 or JPX921 hot metals. Um, I love them. It's taken a little bit of time for me to get used to because, I mean, my other clubs I'd had for two, three years and, and I had uh, played with them. So these ones are a little bit different feel, a little bit stronger lofts. I love how they feel. It's just getting used to the ra- uh, the distances and trusting what the range is telling me I'm doing for my distances. And that's a, that's something that, I, that I'm really working on. My putter is a little heavier than my previous one. So also trying to get my weight down a little bit. But I mean, overall, it's it's coming along. We've played, uh, I think, up almost 10 rounds now already. And uh, it, there's, there's signs of things coming along. So it's really good. Um, I mean, you got some new clubs too, didn't you? First brand new set of irons ever. Uh, everything I've ever owned has always been secondhand. But because we were going to do this, get our memberships and, and play a lot of golf this year, I went and got my first brand new set of Wilson Staffs, D7s. I've always been a fan of Wilson. Nice. Um, even from the first time I started golfing, I, I think the rental set I had was Wilson, and I was like, and the name just stuck with me. So when I did go and get my first brand new set of irons, it was going to be a set of Wilsons. Uh, the bag that I have, it's still a work in progress. Um, uh, the irons that I have, I pull. I've never been a good putter. Putting has always been an issue for my game. So I threw away kind of the mallet putter that I used for years and. Out of the scrap pile in my backyard, I pulled out a Tommy Armour Blade Silver Scott and started using that last year. I think and, you might have to keep it now after yesterday. It's, it's going to stay in the bag for a long time. I do want to switch it out for eventually uh, Wilson 8802. Which I... Which uh, they don't make anymore, but I'm going to find eventually and I'm going to throw that in the bag. Because um, I have a Wilson staff bag. and uh, The driver 3-wood, 5-wood that I use are all tailor-made burners. Uh, the driver I got from you last year, there's a story behind that driver. Uh, that one I'll be using for a while until something better comes along, but, uh, that's not going anywhere because it really, that changed a large part of my game between last year and this year yes. was the driver. Yes. You got a little bit um, newer technology, uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it, the newer technology is typically a little better, can help you hit the ball a little further. It seems like. Um, and like you'd said, you've always had secondhand clubs. So that was a, a relatively newer driver. I had bought a new driver last year and I just kind of had it in my truck the one day. And I think, uh, you, you were kind of like, Hey, can I use that driver today? <laughs> so, uh, you, you took it out for a few rounds and the running joke all season was, uh, the price kept going up every time you hit a good shot and down every time you hit a bad shot. So we were at Medicine Hat Golf and Country Club the first time I pulled that driver out of your truck. Uh, cause the driver I had wasn't getting me anything and, and Medicine Hat usually eats me up. Yeah. It's a longer it's course. It's a longer course and, and I don't have, I didn't have a lot of distance. So I pulled that driver out of your truck, and I, st- I remember the par five, number one, first shot, hard shank to the left with that driver. 
And uh, I was like, well, I'll give it another whirl. And the second one was a pretty good shot down. No, I think I played that ball. I think you did I, play I, that I ball. I played yeah. that ball. So then I hit four fairways in a row with it. And then I was sold that you're not getting this thing back. We just have to negotiate a price now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was the running joke all last year is that as I started hitting fairways with it and getting longer, at least getting 20, 30 yards uh, further, yeah, the price started going up. But um, really good club, tailor-made burner. I'll be using it for pretty much this, this, this entire season unless something else comes up that I get to try. But I won't be buying anything new to fix to fit in the bag to take that out. Well, it's funny because uh, you actually ended up using that club because I ordered uh, a bomb tech driver and three wood online from this guy in the States who makes clubs for amateurs. I wanted to try something a little different. So I used that driver and three wood for probably maybe 10 rounds. Um, just turned out that the, the stiff shafts that they came with just weren't stiff enough for me um, and my swing speed. Eventually, I bought a Callaway Epic Flash driver and a Callaway Epic Flash three wood, um, which are currently in my bag now. Um, and they have a lot more freedom. You can adjust them uh, up and down. There's a lot of changes you can make to them to help tailor make uh, your game. Uh, obviously with the stiff shafts because of, of my swing speed. And they seem to fit in well. Um, I also have a 4 hybrid uh, Callaway Maverick. I got on uh, sale last year at Medicine Golf and Country Club uh, towards the end of the year. This is, I had a hole in my bag. I was kind of looking for a club that was kind of in that distance. Um, that for one we, for when we shank our drives. You, yeah, you yeah, you got it up there. Yeah, yeah, and that one just kind of spoke to me, so I took it out on the range, and uh, it made its way into my bag. Uh, and then I got some, I got some bomb tech wedges. I got a uh, 52, a 56, and a 60. Those are a little bit of a work in progress for me trying to hit those, but um, along with my malt B putter and my uh, Mizuno irons, um, that pretty well rounds out my bag. Now I'm a little different because. I golf cross-handed, so for me, it's, uh, you know, if you see me out there golfing, uh, I'll be wearing some ridiculously bright out, uh, uniform, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it, it'll consist of some bright pants and, and a bright shirt, and I'm just out there to, to have fun and, uh, you know, have a good time, but the first thing you'll notice is, instead of traditionally having a lower right hand on the club, as most right-hand golfers do, I golf right-handed, but I golf with a lower left hand. Yes. And I wear my glove on the right hand. It's kind of a crossover grip. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's, you know, maybe I sacrifice some distance off the tee. I'm not sure. Um, I, I honestly, I should have probably learned how to golf left-handed. But as a kid, uh, for as little as I golfed, I couldn't really find a left-handed set of clubs. So I taught myself how to golf right-handed, gripping the club the way I did. And it just kind of stuck with me. Uh, I have tried to golf left-handed with a club at, at the uh, driving range, and it's not pretty. Uh, I well, basically with, have to revamp my swing. For that funky grip that you have, uh, you still play okay. Yeah. Even with the funky grip because you've learned how to use it, right? So Right. I mean, I, I, that I don't think anymore is going to be an excuse or a hindrance. That's just that's how you golf, and you're just going to develop that, right? Yeah, and I think it, it actually helps me in certain places where I'm not so handsy, especially on really short chip shots around the green with the putter. Um, because you know, the way I'm going is you have to break the wrist backwards, uh, when you're putting or in those short chips and it doesn't allow me to be so handsy and, and lose that feel there. But I mean, this year I've found that, you know, my driver's coming awake a little bit. We've been working on driver setup. Um, both of us have, 
um, you're traditionally pretty well straight down the pipe most of the time. Uh, I'm a, I'm usually up to aim up the left side, uh, have a little bit of a, uh, a fade back, trying to turn it into a, a fade anyways instead of a slice. Like anything, when I get lazy, I get I get sporadic. Yep. <laughs> a little bit of spray and pray when I get lazy. Or, and, and or tired, right? Or tired or don't yeah. just don't focus on, on, hey, you're hitting a drive here. Maybe you want to look at the ball instead of looking at where you want the, the ball to go. Because that usually doesn't work out too well. Yeah, it's uh, and I mean this year my focus has been on getting my draw, uh, my irons honed in, um, and uh, really working on my shots. You know, twenty to twenty to sixty five, seventy yards. Um, if I can get those kind of dialed in and and find a shot in there that I'm comfortable with and comfortable hitting. I feel like I can take my game to the next level. I mean, we're very average golfers. We we do have days where we play really really well, but like and anybody we have else, days where we play really really poorly. It's true, and, and like anybody else as an amateur, I mean the the hope is is that we find some consistency to where we can go out there and limit the really bad days and try and you know have more really good days. So, so on this on this Mulligans and Hackers tour that we're going, um, we have some out of town dates. Just golf courses we played last year. Yep. We went to a couple places last year when we could. And uh, there is some really nice golf courses around southern Alberta that are just little hidden gems. Yeah, that nobody really knows about. They're, one of our stops is going to be Rolling Hills. Uh, we had to go back there because uh, we played 27 there last year. Yes, we played 27 there last year. And that was pretty well the end of your season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I hurt my wrist there on at the end of the 27. And... That actually pretty much wiped me out for the last two months of the season last year uh, with tendonitis. I'll tell you, I fell in love with that course as soon as I got out of the truck. Pretty much we were in the parking lot, and I was like, yeah, I could golf here for quite a while. It was a little nine-hole course, about, what, 45 minutes to an hour away yeah. from where we are. It's got a beautiful little nine-hole uh, course designed nicely. It's Nothing it's, too out of reach? No, but it's it does have some strategic holes where you have some trees that are in the way like mm-hmm. the, the first hole i'll never forget you hit a perfect tri- uh tee shot down the fairway and there's a tree directly in your way in front of the green i don't know who designed that but it's a challenging shot you're better to pull it to the right and then just kind of go through the gap but i do believe i parted that first one though. i think you did yeah. um so i mean yeah it's one of our favorite courses to play um and i mean the clubhouse is awesome we we had lunch there and it was terrific food just just homemade food this small town feel yeah and like the people there are great i really enjoyed the golf course i enjoyed just sitting in the clubhouse uh it's a a place where you go just spend the day yeah yeah just and and it's not that far away so no and and not super duper busy but busy enough that yeah. it, that it was good and I mean the environment was good there there wasn't anybody that was you know super uppity about playing on the course or the pace of play out there so that was really really nice um and and it's like I say it's within 45 minutes to an hour of Medicine Hat so easy for us to leave in the morning drive out there play 18 play 27 whatever we want to do that day and come on back and then we we picked uh, Burstall because we went there last year. Correct. So Burstall's on the list where we're going to go and take our take our buddies this year. Yeah, Burstall. Um, uh, Burstall's a kind of an interesting course. I mean, just into the Saskatchewan border. Uh, basically, a nine-hole course in the middle of a farmer's field. Yep. So we we get there and there's nobody in the clubhouse. So it's the honor system. So you have to pay, put your money in an envelope, put it in the slot. Yeah. What and, was it? It was like. 20 24 bucks or something and you can golf as many holes as you want all day yeah i think it was it was 20 bucks to do 18 or 30 bucks to golf all day yeah and uh 
they had some really challenging par fives on that course. They do, yes. Uh, but what we didn't realize is we had to call ahead to get the golf cart, so we had to walk it. So by the end of it, I was pretty much out of it. Uh, yeah, I think you played 18, yeah. and then I we went for we lunch, went for- and again, a nice little diner. Uh, with some home, uh, homemade food, really good feel, really and, good vibe. And the ladies that were there came out and had lunch with us. Yeah. Because they couldn't believe we drove all that way to play golf in Burstall when we have golf courses in Medicine Hat. But there's so many nice courses around southern Alberta that you, I mean, it's criminal not to go and try these golf courses out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's. It, I like to get out and play as, as many as I can. I mean, after we had lunch that day... I convinced you to come back and be my caddy for another I, nine holes. I caddied for another nine holes. Uh, yeah. You're you're kind of done with the. I walk didn't have and any playing. swings left in me. So I mean, this year before we go out, I think we might call ahead and see if we can get some <laughs> yeah. carts uh, set up for the boys that are heading out there. Uh, what else do we got on the travel list this year? Bow so, Island. Uh, yeah, we got Bow Island Bo- on there. We've already done Bow Island was our first game this year. Yes, it was because it was open before the Medicine Hat courses. Two so, weeks before, so we decided. That the crew that we play with, we would just take a trip out to Bow Island and do 18 out there. And that first 18 wasn't that bad for our first game of the year. No, there was, uh, I mean, obviously there was some rush we had to shake off. I mean, we haven't swung golf clubs in six, seven months. So it was about time to get some swings in. But I mean, again, Bow Island, another beautiful nine-hole course uh, within 45 minutes of Medicine Hat. Really nice clubhouse, um, really nice feel. The pace of play isn't ridiculous. Um, the the people out there that we've met were really nice. Yep. Uh, again, you start with a par five out there. There's lots yep. of courses out here that, <laughs> that they start you off with a nice long par five, and they don't waste any time uh, getting to the nitty-gritty. Uh, I think the other course then we have is uh, Cypress Hills that we're going to. Correct, and, and I've, I've never played that one personally. I don't mm-hmm. know if you have or not. I haven't. Uh, that's, that's kind <laughs> of a throw-in for our other buddy Chris that's part of this crew. He has a cabin out there, so... We decided we were going to give them a little bit of a home course home course advantage. Yep, playing Cyprus, so we'll see how that works we'll out. We'll See how that plays out for him. But I'm excited to go do that one, and uh, we're going to play, we're going to throw Medicine Hat Golf and Country Club for a round in on this in in July. In yes, July. In, in the in July in the schedule, um, we got a date for Medicine Hat Golf and Country Club, um, which it's a lot longer course. It's probably the nicest course in Medicine Hat. Very 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 well kept. It's long. It starts you with a par five on one. It, uh, it kind of eats me up as we get to, as we get into number twelve and thirteen. Uh, of course, doesn't play to my advantages. What is a fifteen? I think is like the longest par four on the course. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a long one. It's tough. You have to hit two really really good shots if you want to get the green in two. But hopefully, getting enough, getting a lot of golf in early in the year will at least give me an opportunity to break a hundred on that course this year. That's my goal. Well, I think breaking a hundred on that course. I, I think, think you hit a, I think you hit a hundred last year. Well, I, I broke a hundred two years ago. I think. Okay. I was in the low nineties. Yep. But uh, the last couple times we've played, I haven't gotten to a hundred and, uh, I'm going to do that this year. I'm hoping there. to uh, break 90 out there this year. Um, I, I Typically, I like that course, actually, because, I mean, the longer courses seem to play right into my strengths where I hit a lot longer balls. I'm longer with a little bit longer with my irons. I seem to struggle more with the with the short par threes. Um, as we can see at Cottonwood, those, those tend to be my trouble spots. Which We all have trouble with the par threes for some reason. We spent years playing a par three here and at Paradise Valley. You'd think we'd have a little more success on the par threes, but nope. Yeah, they they look like they should be so easy, and yet you get up there, and it's. I mean, if you hit the green, you're you're super happy. Yeah, and you you just you want to r- grab your two putt and run away with the par. <laughs> but it's hitting that green. I don't know what it is. I mean, we were spraying it all yesterday, and the last time we were out, we were spraying the par threes. We just couldn't get there. 
Yeah, it's well. I mean, some of them, especially uh, back at the Cottonwood Court, our Cottonwood, our home course, the par threes are all typically anywhere from a hundred to I think the max is like 140, 150 yep. yards. Yep. So you wouldn't think anything unmanageable, like with a nine iron or an eight iron or even a pitch wedge. Like just get it up in the air and get it out there. But I don't know. It's it's well. There's it's, some water hazards in the way. There's some sandboxes. There's some. I mean, there's some a lot of trouble on the right right side. So as right golfers, anybody yeah. with a natural fade. I mean, there's a lot of trouble in play there yeah. if if you're not careful. And that's by design, I think. Yeah, probably. So, I mean, it, it's a course that while it's not as long as some of the other courses in town. It does really suit uh, really suit our skill set right now. Um, I mean, typically we play from the blues. Um, there is another tee box back, the blacks, the blacks. Which I mean, if, if we continue to improve and we get to a point where we can play the blacks, it gives you a different look on the course. There's yeah, a, there's a couple that, holes that it adds are, yards, right? And there's a couple holes that have some beautiful views. So some really high tee boxes off those blacks that are going to affect your ball fight uh, very differently than, than what we're seeing on the uh, on the blues. So then after uh cypress and medicine hat uh towards the end of the year in september i believe we scheduled for we're going to have a finale for our for our mulligans and hackers group yes we're going to have a our our season's championship uh will be at cottonwood september 18th and 19th it'll be a two-day event um throughout our tour season we've we've posted our tour season dates on our facebook page if you want to go over there and give that a like uh you can find us on facebook at mulligans and hackers golf go over there when you're on facebook give us a like uh share anything you guys want to share on there we'd love for you guys to do that we're gonna have our season's championship basically our our tour chase as as we've called it for the season's championship we're gonna keep uh standings after every day everybody who's who's participating will send in a scorecard the people participating mostly is our Mulligans and Hackers group, our friends, and some drop-ins along the way. Right. Um, most of you guys out there already know who's participating in this. And uh, some of our friends that we've golfed with before, you're, we're more than welcome to come in and, and, and ask us how, how you get your scorecards on here. That's, yeah. that's fine. You're more than welcome. I mean, if we have any friends or family uh, that are around on those dates that, that want, to, uh, want to try and accumulate some points... Uh, everybody who participates in in the uh, a few of the dates at minimum uh, is going to qualify for the season championship. Like we say, it's going to be a two day event, so you're gonna we're gonna accumulate points all year. Uh, I think the idea is that based upon the season standings, the first person is going to get a certain number of mulligans. Uh, sticking in, with our mulligans and hackers to use theme, in the championship. To use in the championship over two days. I mean, you can use them on just about any shot. Yep. Um, I mean, it might be strategic to use them on a birdie putt per se, yep. or maybe you hit a drive that goes into the trees. You <laughs> might want to hit one there. I mean, that happens to us often. So the advantage for for finishing further up the standings is. On the weekend, you get more mulligans than the guy below you. Correct. So it plays into some of our our game when we need those extra shots taken off our scorecards. Well, I mean, this year so far, I mean, we've been we've been playing practice rounds this April. Uh, and, I mean, what have we been doing? We've been taking a mulligan per nine. Yep. And, I mean, otherwise you're penalized. Yep. Uh, you have to take your penalty strokes, which, honestly, I think has been helping us get better. I mean, yep. last year we were taking uh, more maybe mulligans. a few more mulligans. But we weren't playing as much last year no. either. No. So, so we didn't want to ruin our scorecards by, by throwing in every single foot wedge that we were using. Yep. Every single ball we were kind of pulling out of the bushes. We didn't want to throw it on our scorecard because we weren't playing enough. 
But this year, now that we have our memberships and we're going to play a lot, well, now we want to get some accurate scores where we are on the course. You know, what's our what's our not necessarily handicaps, but what's our average scores legitimately on these courses? Yeah, and I mean, as April comes to a close and our and our tour season is going to start May first and second, uh, we're going to start with back to back days at Cottonwood. Uh, the Mulligans are going to be gone. So our t- uh, for our tour tour season, there's no mulligans uh, in those rounds up until the season championship when you've earned however many mulligans throughout the year. So that means if you shank a shot and you got to take a penalty stroke, you got to take a you penalty take stroke. It, yep. You got to try and make good shots. So uh, so on the event days, you don't necessarily need to play with us, like in our groups or in front of us or behind us. If if you go down and you play around at Cottonwood on the event day, all you got to do is just text us your scorecard we put it in we basically score it as as we would look at um a scorecard on tv yep so the guy who finishes with the best score will get top points that day and so on so you don't necessarily have to be with us on that day just be part of the crew and and know let us know that you're there on that day and that you're going to submit a scorecard Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think we've got, how many guys have we kind of got hooked up already? Right now we've got six, four for sure, six guaranteed, and there's going to be probably about another four to six uh, part-timers coming in and going through. Yeah, I mean, I got um, family that comes down and loves to play golf. So, I mean, we'll get my dad and my brother in there and, and some other family members that want to play. I'm sure you got the same. Yep, uh, and uh, some of our friends, like Isaac, has a couple of guys that will get in throughout the year. And we've got some other friends that we that we, that we we know that we play with regularly that they'll come through and, and, and get a lot of scorecards in throughout the year. Uh, just hopefully that all of us can kind of make the season finale and just have a good have a good time on the weekend to finish up this this fun tournament that we started. Yeah, and I mean, this is the first first annual, uh, our inaugural tournament. Something that we just kind of, you know, we discussed when we were discussing mulligans and hackers. And it kind of came up as, I think, uh, maybe it was even, was it Darren or, or, or our other buddy Chris that had suggested maybe something like that when yep. we were out there earlier yep. this month. And uh, the more we thought about it, the more, you know, we, we were thinking about starting it just every round we played. And then you had suggested starting it in May. Uh, to give us some time to get some practice rounds in and kind of make it an official thing, which I love. You know, uh, and then once that season championship comes around, it's a two-day cumulative score. And then we'll see what we have in uh, in place at that time for the winner. And it, it, it just gives our family and friends that aren't close to us, because I have a lot of family and friends that are not close to me, gives them a chance to look at how we're playing golf. Absolutely. Right? Yep. I mean, I spend a lot of time I, on Instagram. When I talk to my family, we talk a lot about golf and how my golf game is going and how their golf game is going. Well, this is a way from to just follow my golf game all year. Yep. And then I don't have to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. I'll often, you know, to share my round, uh, my scores. My dad plays a lot of golf, especially the last couple of years. Uh, we've gotten, we've gotten him interested and in, uh, back interested in playing because he has someone that plays with him. Uh, my brother lives in Calgary, plays a lot of golf. So whenever they're down here, my cousin that lives in Calgary, he usually fills out our foursome when we're up there. Last year we went and played some uh, some sweet courses in and around Calgary. We played, uh, we played Glendale, we played Serenity, we played Kananaskis Ranch. Which one was? that phil mickelson course uh it's we didn't play that one oh, but no? there's a new one opened outside of calgary that's uh designed by phil mickelson yeah uh, it'd be lo- nice to get on there but i think you have to know a member in order I to think get so a time because i think last year you could go and play right uh but this year it's privatized now. yes i, I do anymore. believe so i'd have to check into that but i think that's the case yeah 
And I mean, last year, uh, my buddy Mark and I, uh, with our wives, we went out to Kananaskis. Uh, we played uh, Mount Kid, golf course in the middle of the mountains, Kananaskis. Absolutely gorgeous. Really, really nice backdrop. Really fun course. Uh, played a bunch of other ones in and around Calgary, which was uh, super fun. Uh, it's, you know, last year, I, I kind of took it to a next level myself. And I just, anytime I could play golf, I was playing golf. And this year, you know, with us getting the membership, it's, we try to go every weekend. I mean, last weekend, we got rain or rain snowed out we're on still, Sunday. We're still really early in the golf year. So it's we, true. And we live in Medicine Hat where you can get all five seasons in a day, right? Yeah. Um, so we still, I think we got, yeah. We got eight to ten rounds in already, and we're still technically right around the beginning of a normal golf season. So yeah, we we, not a bad start. No, we can't complain. That's for sure. I mean, I spend a lot of time. I'm sure my wife gets a little crazy with me. I spend a lot of time in my living room doing a lot of putting practice, chipping. Um, You need it. Yeah, I do. Some especially right now. It it'll come together though. The the uh, the hope is is that once the season starts that my game will be dialed in and i can climb that point a points board and uh, keep, keep you below me <laughs> yeah we'll see about that our other buddy chris uh he's actually won both times the last the last, last two. two yep so he's gonna be a guy that we're gonna watch yeah he's starting to come around and uh he's he's hitting the ball a lot better contact he i mean he's he's a lefty, he's a lefty so... so he's an abomination already but yeah he's he's been playing strong lately his game's coming around he's kind of took it to us yesterday did, a little yeah. bit uh i mean although his last three four holes he kind of fell apart a little bit but he had a big enough lead after the first 14 or 15 that it was okay uh and i mean other than that we're just we're prepping to get ready for our uh for our inaugural season we're playing a lot of golf yeah because we don't have all of our golf days are not mulligans and hackers days so we plan on golfing with a lot of people and we plan on golfing at a lot more places too than just what we have on there yeah, what did you, what did you, one night you sat down, how many golf courses are around here uh, within, within an hour or within so, or two a couple and a, hours? Within two and a half hours, I think I stopped at 40 golf Oof. courses within this area. That's including, you know, like BC, Saskatchewan, and Southern Alberta, right? That's uh, a lot though. Maple Creek would be one I would really like to go to. Yes, they got a little nine hole course there. We'll have to get out there one of these days. And we haven't done Elkwater? Nope. So, I mean, there's golf courses close by that we haven't done. I haven't played Connaught in... 15 years i played cannot two or three years ago at a at a company golf tournament but i mean other than that i would typically just play it once a year yep. when that happened but i mean obviously last year with the circumstances in the world didn't get to do that so i mean that would be nice to play uh, i wouldn't mind giving uh, desert bloom a blast yeah for i mean yeah. i haven't played there since i think since my bachelor party like three four years ago yeah and and that day was horrid cold so it was not indicative of how we could play <laughs> golf it, it was uh that course terrifies uh, me well you got to hit good good shots out there yeah uh, and i mean if we're well, gonna you be, do that anywhere yeah but i mean if you're gonna be a better golfer you kind of got to face your fears and try and hit those shots i'll face my fears at cottonwood for a while to start <laughs> <laughs> well i mean so that's that's us how about uh, what's happening in the world of professional golf right now uh i mean Last night, Lydia Ko on the women's tour won her first tournament in uh, over three years, winning the Latte Championship in a, in astounding fashion. Record setting. Record she set setting. a new record. I believe I think she was minus twenty seven or minus twenty eight. She she played really well. She basically just ran away from the field. Mm-hmm. Our lone Canadian in there, Brooke Henderson, uh, was the two time defending champion. Actually, going into this tournament, I was really rooting for her to get the, the hat trick. Uh, she she played well. I mean, she was consistent. She went uh, four under, four under, four under, mm-hmm. and then uh, 
I mean, her final round wasn't great, but I mean, she she did enough to finish in middle of the pack, right? Yeah. It, it wasn't a it wasn't a tournament where she kind of ran away with it or or had a really good time, but she did pretty well. Uh, and it was nice to see Lydia back in the winner's circle. She uh, when she was younger, she came on the uh, the scene like fire and just started winning tournaments left, right, and center, um, setting records at the time. So it was nice to see her get a win. Right now, actually, on, on, on the TV, we're watching the uh, the final round of the RBC Heritage. It looks like Stuart Sink has still got a four-stroke lead over Gorillo. McNeely is... Morikawa's uh, dropped uh, back seven now. Yeah, and McNeely's uh, six strokes back. So it looks like it might be Stuart Sink's day again, even though he's about 20 years older than the guys chasing him that today. That fits in right with us. I'm that's about, oh, 20 years older than you are. That's about right. <laughs> and I mean, how about la- uh, how about last weekend at the Masters? I watched a lot of golf last week. Yep. I watched a lot of that Masters tournament. It was it was just that that's the gem. Yeah, Augusta. It was uh it was beautiful. It's kind of crazy to think that the defending champion didn't make the cut. Uh, uh, Dustin Johnson. Um, I mean, no Rory McIlroy. He didn't make the cut yeah, there either. Was, there was a lot of there was a lot of top names that didn't make the cut. Nope. Uh, I mean, John Rahm played basically par golf for three days, and then the final round he kind of kind of went on a little heater. But I mean, get him into the top ten. Yep. Um, but he didn't play great either. And I mean, Hideki just kind of ran away with it. Yeah, he 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 played consistently enough to stay ahead of everyone. Yeah, I mean, he there was kind of a little light there for Shoffley. Yeah. Uh, to, and I think it was on 15, mm-hmm. where Hideki put one in the water, and Shoffley kind of got it to within two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he promptly, on the next hole, <laughs> put one right back in the water and kind of gave it back. <laughs> gave it back to him. Uh, my favorite story, personally, of that uh, tournament was uh, young Will Zalatoris. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, Happy Gilmore's caddy. He, <laughs> he was just out there doing his thing. That was an that was an impressive showing from him because it didn't seem like the pressure of being at Augusta and being in the Masters really bothered him that much. No, he he was, I mean, especially for his first time being there, he really played a really strong game. I mean, he he missed a few putts that could have put some pressure on Hideki early, but, I mean, that's to be expected. He's in his early 20s, uh, your first major at, at Augusta that you're participating in, and, I mean, for him to finish in the top three, really, really well done, really good showing. I mean, that brings us, so who's your favorite golfer right now on the tour, Alvin? Mine? Yeah. I don't know if I have one. I mean, I like watching Bryson DeChambeau for his insanity that he does off the tee box. Ugh. But I don't know if that makes him my favorite golfer. That's just that's just you know watching a freak play golf, in my opinion, right? Well, the mad scientist, as everybody calls yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I like watching all these golfers play, and I do watch a lot. I watch a fair amount of golf. Yep. But I mean, I like I like Justin Thomas. I like him. I don't mind watching Bryson. But in on the men's side, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I like I follow Connors. Because he's a Canadian. Yep, absolutely. Right? So, Best Canadian on the tour right now so, between him looks, and Mackenzie Hughes. Looks like he's at minus 12. Yeah, he's crept right? uh, so into third. seven behind, but he's only got eight holes left. But he's a guy I watch, too, pretty much every weekend. Like on the, the LPGA? Uh, LP, yeah. I uh, I watch Brooke Henderson because she's a Canadian. Yep. Yeah, and um, one of the best in the world. Yep. She's, and, uh, and, I think she's top know, 10 or top 15. So, I, I, and again, I watch the ladies play because, I, again, I like golf. Uh, I watch some Corn Ferry Tour stuff, but... Mm, not really favorite golfers that I, you know, that's the guy I want to win. Is there anybody um, that you kind of, you know, you watch and you and you feel like you want to tailor your game kind of after? There's nobody out there that plays that bad. <laughs> fair, so, fair enough. So, but I mean, if you if you're working to get better, anybody that you kind of, well, 
Well, I mean, if, if I want to be like somebody, who's number one in the world right now? I want to be like that guy. <laughs> but it's, that's not going to happen. It's true. Know? I mean, yeah. I grew I grew up in a day and age watching Tiger uh, as a and little I bit would really like I would really like to see Tiger come back and play after this that accident that he had. Um, I was actually interested to see if he, after his back surgery, if he was actually going to make the Masters. Yep. But then he had the car accident and that wiped that out totally. Um, well, and I think that's that's something that the watching golf uh, on the weekends. I think that's something that golf is missing right now. A, a real superstar who yep. can, who brings excitement and draw to the game. Well, I that, mean, there's so, a lot of the same out there right so now. So when Tiger was good, I didn't like him because he was good. Yep. Right. So. You know, he becomes the anti-hero. I don't want him to win because he's just too damn good. So I want somebody else to win. So back in the day, John Daly was always my favorite guy because he was just that smoking, beer drinking, go out there, drive the ball long, and see what happens type of golfer. Absolutely. But now that Tiger's, I guess, towards the end of his career, yep. I would really like to see him come back and actually give golf that little bit of boost that he used to. Like, just the name. Tiger Woods is playing this tournament, right? Why? Well, and, and I think he's still... Because I don't know how old he is. He's not quite champions material, champions tour material yet. But uh, I would like to see him give some of these young guys a run so that he could actually make their their names a little better. Because that's the guy that was in the you know in the running with Tiger towards the end of a tournament. Well, we seen that a couple of years ago when he came back and he won the Masters. Yeah. And, and I mean, those young guys they they talked about you know wanting to play Tiger in his prime and yeah, wanting yeah, this yeah. and and they couldn't handle it that day. They when Tiger was on the prowl that on the, in that final round, there were some real chances for those young guys to make some really good shots, and they crumbled to the pressure. Yep. It's a different animal when he's on. <laughs> you bet. You bet. When Tiger's a couple strokes ahead of you or a couple strokes behind you, you know. You have to beat him because he's not going to beat himself. That's right, and I mean he—he's just a consistent, uh, a very consistent golfer. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping that he can come back from his car crash and and may maybe potentially play again someday. I mean, obviously his health is first and foremost, but I mean we will have to so, have to wait and so see. So there, there's a golfer that I really like. Okay, so maybe not my favorite, but Phil Mickelson. He's a golfer that I watch and I cheer for him every time he's out there. Lefty. Uh, he's a lefty too, yeah. right? So, but. He's the. I took my putting style last year from him. Right. So he uses a blade putter with a what's called a saw grip. Yep. So that's what I started doing last year, and it made my putting better. Weight control, distance, and line just started to come around for me. So that's 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 a guy that I really like is Phil Mickelson. Uh, another guy that I really like nowadays, uh, Jordan Spieth. I, I really yep. like how yep. he. Yep. how he hits the ball how he strikes it uh his putting when he when he's at the top of his game he's one of the best putters in the world that's arguably my favorite club in my bag so i watched jordan spieth for a few tournaments there early on and he was always in contention and kind of fell off on sundays so i said that i was going to stop cheering for him yep until he won yeah and then he won the valero a couple, weeks, valero ago. A couple yeah. weeks ago so i was like okay i can cheer for spieth again yeah, and I mean, he, he played uh, well last week at the Masters, too. Just not quite... His game's still not quite where he wants there it to be. There was another level that he could have got to. But he's he's getting there. The signs have been there the last three, four tournaments that, that he's on the right trajectory. Um, I think he's going to make some noise this year, maybe maybe being contention at a couple big tournaments. I mean, it was nice for him to get get a win for the first time in a long time. 
as well as Hideki. First time in a couple years. I mean, that's what Lydia Ko said last night when she won her tournament. She basically, you know, she'd been watching Spieth and Hideki win in the last couple weeks saying, hey, you know, I watched those guys win and I thought, hey, maybe there is some hope for me because it's been <laughs> such a long time since she won. Uh, it's it's kind of cool to see that how they, you know, they watch each other, uh, even though they're part of different tours, cheer each other on. It's kind of funny to watch golfers, you know, and, and they talk about all the top golfers a lot. And, you know, guys that are always in the chance to win. But there's so many golfers that, that maybe won 10 years ago but either don't win again or it takes them 10, 12 years or 3 or 5 years to win again. That's right. I mean, it's just so hard to win on this tour. If you can win two or three times in a year, I think you're like an ultimate elite golfer. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's tough to... When you're playing at the level they're playing at when you're on the tours, I mean, any little mistake and you, you get crushed for it. Yeah. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're they're going driver wedge or driver iron nowadays. There ain't there ain't a lot of uh fairway metals that are being used unless it's off the tee in some cases cuz guys are so long now uh with the technology. Even some of the ladies are really pounding the ball on yep. their distance. It, it it's just nice to see. It's, you know, it, they have the consistency that we as amateurs hope to get, and that's why they're on the tour, yep. and we're not. That's why we're back here, you know, playing on our home courses yep. and just trying to have some fun. So my drive, uh, I think I hit one on the weekend there, 270. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I think that was your Thir- drive on Thursday. At number eight. Uh, at number eight, the hole that you eagled yesterday. Yeah. Um, you actually overdrove the green, mm-hmm. and, and you drove it 270. And then yesterday, you came up, you were just on the fringe of the green, the front fringe. Uh, so it was probably about 15 yards shorter, um, but in a much better position with much the front better. pin. And that, yeah, you, you so, were... that, so that that's my that's my maximum that I've ever hit the golf ball is like 250, 270, right? And we watch these guys go out there with a the driver, and it's um, 320. Yeah, some, some of the big hitters are what 340. Yeah, like I mean, Bryson some days he can just pummel that ball. Uh, I mean, Rory's a big hitter. Dustin Johnson's a big hitter. I mean, for me, when I take my driver out of the bag, if I get it straight, I can approach that 300 yard range. Yeah. But it's the key is getting it straight. It's been more consistent this year since I've upgraded to uh, to a mid size plus Agreed. two grip. Uh, from a standard so it doesn't feel like my hands are rolling over as much on it causing me to lose distance slicing it right but i mean it, it's still a work in progress it's a club that lately i haven't been putting as much work into uh as i normally would just because i've been trying to hone my irons and really focus on my wedges because i feel i got a lot of clubs in my bag and especially at cottonwood i don't need my driver for more than really maybe four holes, four holes yeah I, I found myself because i was all any par four ever I always pulled my driver out. And I do find now this year, even early in the year, that I'm not pulling my driver out on every par four. No, um, and I, I noticed yesterday, like uh, Darren and I were riding in a cart yesterday, and we were talking about it, uh, I think actually on eight, actually, when yep. we all hit really nice shots. And uh, we were driving ahead, and uh, he just kind of leans over to me, and he's like, it's kind of nice to be golfing in a group where guys just don't see one guy pulling out a driver, and everybody feels yeah. like the need to do yeah. that, right? Because yeah. we all know roughly what our distances are. Like, I mean, I think you hit driver there. Or I even, think McKeachin hit driver. Even the ability to put yourself in position off the tee box without a driver, say three wood or five wood, to give yourself an iron shot in. Yep. So you don't, you don't want a half swing gap wedge in. 
you you want a full swing in. Well, and that's my right? problem right now, right? Yeah, I, I've, I I might even be like I've been dialing back to a five hybrid, a four hybrid. I might even need to dial back more to leave myself with a full full gap wedge. Yes. Or instead of instead of a three quarter <laughs> swing or a half swing. Yes. With 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 a fifty two degree. Yep. Right, because that's what you want to avoid. So that's well. Now we're starting to take, we're starting to to really dial down on the the driver off some of the tee boxes. You just you don't need it. No. But before, when we didn't golf a lot, you always wanted to take that driver because you never got to use it. That's right. right. That's right. There's lots of holes now. I mean, I think that's the first time you've ever drove a green or drove over drove yes. a green. Yeah. Uh, I mean, last year I I was using my driver on uh, I think five uh, to get to drive the green. I drove it once or twice. Uh, Seventeen. Uh, 11. I think I drove the par five, uh, just cleared that ravine on the par five once last year. I had a really good drive and then I pulled out your three wood. Yeah. And you just crushed and it. I crushed it over. Uh, but that's not usually the play on that hole. It's uh it's a driver, uh, gap wedge layup, and then try to go for the green. Well, it's that. tough on that par five. Cause I mean, they, they have that, that water that's yep. right on the ledge, right? You got to hit a really good, really good tee shot and a really good second shot. If you want to go for it in two. And then the green is just an absolute nightmare. It's nightmare. So it's, it's not I mean, really, a, I mean, really, I wanted to just skip that hole yesterday. Like, <laughs> that was just awful. That's some frustration there, but we made it through it. We did. I mean, I mean yeah. So it, it's nowadays this year, and instead of pulling out my driver on a lot of those same holes that I was dry, using the driver to drive the green last year. I mean, 11, I've driven the green with a four hybrid. It's crazy to think. I, I think part of that is watching some videos, yes. learning how the swing mechanics work better. I, I spent a lot of time on my driver setup. Be honest and say that it's it's really improved my my confidence in the driver and my ability to actually use the driver effectively. Just watching videos on how you set your feet up, how you how you step up to the ball, and how you line your feet up, and it's really like, and it just adds a different element to the game that I've never had in the past ever, on any golf course. Was pulling out a driver and being able to hit it straight, you know, two thirty, two forty consistently. Yeah, and 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 it just comes from us going to the range a lot. Yeah, no, I've I I, I, I we, love to spend time on the. We range. both agreed. Like last year, we spent more time on the range than we did on the golf course. Yep. Because when we went out on the golf course, we actually wanted to be able to at least semi-accomplish something on the golf course. Well, that's right. I mean, a lot of guys just go to the range and they just power through buckets of balls. I mean, typically, I, I like to get to to the golf course a little bit earlier, probably an hour and a half, two hours usually before I tee off. And, you know, I'll grab a bucket of balls. I'll go through a bucket. I'll start at my 60 and work my way up through my bag. You know, maybe I'm doing, you know, I'll try some stuff with my wedges. I'll do some half swings, some three-quarter swings to see what's on today, what's not today. And then work up to, you know, work up to my driver. Kind of go from there. Maybe there's something on a particular club that I want to focus on that day. I really need to work on my irons. Well, especially it, the, especially in the 7, 8, 9 pitch wedge gap area, which we're using at Cottonwood a lot. Because I find, I used to, my irons were never a problem until it just seems like, I've got the new ones, and I haven't quite dialed them in yet. Yeah, I, and, I can understand that and, with my new set as well. And irons were never a problem. I always had the feel to get there with, especially with anything, you know, like a nine iron or a pitch wedge or a gap wedge. That was never an issue getting there. But now it seems like this year my drive is good, which was never good in the past. And now my wedges have kind of left me a little bit. But 
that's because I haven't spent any time on the driving range this year at all. I think I've only probably been twice. Yeah, you just lately you've been rolling up about twenty minutes yeah. before tea time, yeah. and away you go. Yeah, so and, uh, that's going to change with uh, with the weather. Hopefully, with the weather change here, it's still snowing outside. So, so we talked about what was in our bags. Uh, we've introduced ourselves to you guys. My last thing that I'd like to touch on today, Alvin, what, what kind of golf ball are you playing this year? Srixon. Yeah, and uh, any particular reason? Nope. Just that was the, that was the brand I was said I was going to go with, and I'm going with it because our other buddy Chris was uh, chirping me about changing balls throughout the year last year, so that ain't happening this year. <laughs> I'm using Strixon from start to finish this year. Well, I mean, although I do have some uh, some uh, Pro V ones coming, and I might I might give those a whirl a couple of times throughout the year. Fair so enough. We'll we'll see about that. Well, if um, my if my memory serves me, doesn't uh, doesn't Chris uh, play with some pink Titleist balls? He does. He does, and that suits his personality fine. <laughs> They're hard to see. I really find those balls hard. Not that I can see a ball off the tee box. Not as hard as the green ones, but yeah, the the colored balls sometimes are a little bit harder to see. I mean, this year I made a change. I typically <laughs> I was going to say, what did you get this year? Yeah, golf ball? yeah. Typically, I play TaylorMade's soft selects uh, a lot last year and some TP fives. This year, I I had heard about Vice Golf, so they were having a little bit of a sale. So I got five dozen uh, Vice Pro Plus golf balls. And threw a little four leaf clover on there because that's just that's my your, that's my style. That's kind of your symbol that you use. Yeah, and I ordered those up. Uh, I've been using them this year, and I mean, I like the feel of them. They kind of fit my game, and and they've they've been they've been done well for me this season. So I can't really complain about it, and I'll continue using them this year. Um, it's kind of nice because we all use different kinds of balls, yep. so it's very easy to distinguish whose balls what. And I, I haven't I haven't figured out the 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 true dis- difference between using one golf ball versus another because I guess I don't I don't really hit the ball pure enough to to get a feel of oh using a, a Pro V1 versus a you know a Pinnacle or a Top Flight or a Titleist. I think it's um, a lot of feel. Uh, honestly, I, th- I I think it's more feel for us as amateur golfers. I think it's more feel around the green. Like uh, a couple years ago, I used to use like the uh, the Callaway Super Softs, like the orange and the green yep. and the red ones. I really like how those feel around the green, and I think Darren actually uses the the white ones, uh, and he loves those. Yeah, I I did use Strixon last year for a while. Remember, I had those Strixon yep. red ones. Yep, I used those for a while last year. Uh, in between changing in and out of whatever whatever was kind of in the bag so that's kind of why i went with strixon because i didn't mind that golf ball yeah not that i play better or worse with that golf ball but that's just i guess the brand name that i went with yep and that's what i'm going with this year no that's uh and i mean we're both trying different balls this year and hopefully with the with our new iron setups and our, and our bag setups uh we can kind of pull things together as the season goes along and uh we're looking forward to the start of the season here coming up and uh it's going yeah. to be a lot of fun. And that's what we did this for was pretty much for us to have a lot of fun with this year. And we brought in a, a few other guys into this. It's not just us. No. Nope. We have a crew that we golf with, and that's going to be a big part of this as well. And, you know, you'll start seeing those on some pictures that we post. Yeah, pictures. We might guys. have the odd guy on the podcast, possibly. Yeah, yeah uh, we'll, we'll see what we, we come up with. And, uh, and kind of go from there. But, I mean, that's uh, I think that's enough for our first uh, initial one. So, I mean, we just want to say good luck to you guys out on the course this week. May all your hacks be findable and your mulligans plenty. And uh, we'll see you next time.